Listen, players. <laughs> You're listening to the Movement, Strength and Play podcast by the School of Calisthenics. Here are your hosts, Tim and Jacko. Welcome to another podcast and we are in for a treat. Prepare to have your minds blown, your brains exploded and what you thought was important about the human body potentially challenged. There is something else going on in the background and it is called the lymphatic system and we don't know an awful lot about it but after you listen to this podcast with the legend Perry Nicholson from Stop Chasing Pain you are going to be rubbing certain parts of your body, the top six, the big six, in a certain order, in a certain way, and you're going to feel amazing for it. Uh, Timbo, you must have loved this one. One thing I did like particularly about it was the uh, the analogy of the physiological fish tank. Um, <laughs> if you've ever had a fish tank and you've not looked after your fish, you've not been a diligent fish tank owner, you'll know as soon as Perry starts talking about this exactly what he means when it gets all gunked up and horrible. Well, that's effectively what he's saying is happening on the inside of our bodies when we haven't got yeah. our lymphatic system sorted out and we're operating fully because it's not getting rid of the waste products. And if you think about all the things that we create and the things we do to our body which can cause stress stress and then therefore stuff which just needs getting out of the system it's pretty important that our lymphatic system is working and you may have never heard of it before but you are going to get a proper deep dive from perry but sit tight he doesn't hang about yes keep get your notebook out and yeah you might want to you know you want to like slow it you know what listen to it a couple of times or like put it on like a half speed mode so you can like but also i was going to say if you have never had a fish tank you're like mm, tim i'm not quite sure what you mean by that because i've never had a fish tank well equally there is another metaphor he uses where imagine you've done a massive number two into the toilet and it won't go down the u-band uh, we talk about how you've got to get in there and, and break that thing up so be warned that is one of the examples used which i loved it Perry brings a lot of knowledge and we've probably done him a disservice in this introduction of down-regulating it to the simple concepts that Jack and I can actually understand around <laughs> well, he the used Well, he used the good examples and metaphors, but yeah, yeah. You, I just think this is one, like I have listened to it back more than once and I'm sure that you will all as well. And there's a great, you know, when we get through to the, the nuts and bolts at the end, there's he has these like big six um, points on the in the lymphatic system where you want to try and get the lymph moving and you do them in a particular order that he talks you through it's super simple super easy do it at the before you um before you training help the system get moving you can do it afterwards for your recovery it's very simple very easy very quick but it's starting to improve your overall health and um yeah it could just be a game changer for you all right well, we hope you enjoy this one it's a it's a great conversation and perry brings a ton of life to it so it's a, it should be a fun listen as well so sit back and enjoy perry nicholson on the movement strength and play podcast roll that jingle hold on a minute just before we get started with this amazing podcast with perry nicholson all about stop chasing pain one of the way uh, that can help us to relieve pain and reduce inflammation is uh, the use of CBD, which are thanks to our amazing podcast sponsors, Hemp Heroes Timbo. And uh, this is something that they've uh, recently been doing some, it's, it's yet to be out, so it's a little bit of a secret, um, but some research with some universities about the effects um, around inflammation, around pain, around uh, managing lots of different symptoms within the body. And um, it's some really exciting stuff, as I say, backed by science, being researched, and um, yet there's the the whole fact that it's you know, it, it's it's a hundred percent organic, it's a vegan. There's 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 it's only the good stuff that's in there. 
I was going to say, you can go onto the website and you can check out the product, but it is super high quality, full spectrum CBD oil. We've, we love using it. It's, a, it's part of our recovery routines um, on a regular basis. And I, I particularly, I've talked about this a lot, but I really like it after a busy day just to help to, to bring on that rest and relaxation state at the end of the day, get me ready for my sleepy time. It's a great little product. So if you want to go and have a little bit of a, a test, if you've not used it before, not tried it, you want to find out more about it, you can head over to the website. And have we got a little discount code for them, Jacko? We do indeed, Timbo. SOC10 gets you 10% off your Hemp Heroes uh, order. The details for that is on the website and you'll see the links in the show notes for that. You know what I say, Jacko? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. It's a good philosophy exactly. for life. Great stuff. So there we go. You uh, Something that's going to help you to stop chasing pain or stop feeling pain, uh, as well as uh, everything that uh, the amazing Perry Nicholson from Stop Chasing Pain is going to divulge and let you know about now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Perry Nicholson on the Movement, Strength, and Play podcast. Roll that jingle again. Perry Nicholson, welcome to the Movement, Strength and Play podcast by the School of Calisthenics. Great. Thanks for having me on. Love the name of the podcast. <laughs> well, actually, one thing, so a lot of people might know you better or better known as on Instagram, Stop Chasing Pain, which I remember when I first came across your um, Instagram page, I was like, that's a good name. Um, and actually, to be honest, I made a bit of an assumption and didn't actually consume initially much of your content and just... I just assumed that was like a physio account and, and didn't really pay much attention. I later um, got sort of come across some more YouTube videos and it was like you were talking about the lymphatic system and then the effect that that has on everything. And I was going, crikey. It reminded me, uh, Tim, of when we went to we went to um, the National Circus here in the UK and got introduced to like the deep sort of effects of neurology on the brain and, and 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 how that can affect the body and training and it was like an eye-opening experience and i'm expecting the same today when we dive into all this so perry could you um just for the listeners you know there might be one stupid listener that doesn't listen doesn't know who you are doesn't follow you on instagram but they will after this um just give us like a an intro to um who you are and where where this all started for you and then if we start with the lymphatic system like a, a 101 like basic start real simple for us i need it simple to start with and we'll build on top of it from there yeah great well yeah let's kind of start a little bit my background but thank you very much first of all for tuning into my work i really appreciate that and yeah well my journey began in movement first and fitness and training i've you know i'm 54 years old i've been on this earth for quite a while and i started training and working out when i was 14 yeah and doing bodybuilding mostly. And that started for me in the uh, 80s, like 80, 81, the, the golden area. Might Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was a huge inspiration for me. I mean, he was the icon. And, uh, you know, being able to meet him uh, eventually was really a pivotal moment for me. And, uh, yeah, so I, I got into training and movement to, you know, improve my body, but more so for, for my mind. And it just expanded from there. I didn't get into healthcare until later after suffering injuries from uh, bodybuilding. You know, that mm. happens when you lift heavy stuff over and over and probably the wrong way at that point. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I would just do the same kind of things that everybody else would do. I'll say, yeah, 
it'll go away and I'll just keep going. Uh, which is kind of what we do as human beings. But eventually the, the pain kept coming back and got worse. And then uh, that was what's got me into seeing a chiropractor at the time. And it really helped me. And I thought to myself, maybe I'll do this for other people. It's kind of cool. And so <laughs> that, that was the driving force of becoming one. It is also the reason why I put my offices in gyms. Though yeah. I'm in the fitness world all the time. Because I love, I love working with fitness professionals because they're very, very intelligent. And they're actually on the front lines with people who need the most help, who you know haven't gotten to a point where they're like, ah, maybe I should see a doctor. They just don't move well. Mm. And they don't have a good sense of their body. And just getting that help from movement professionals can change a lot of lives, honestly. And so it's kind of it's the front lines, in my opinion. But there's a lot of people that are in the gym that get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> time so it's it's a perfect place to put my office and from there it just expanded to learning more about the human body and why we as human beings end up um suffering in pain you know everybody's going to get pain it's a natural part of being on this planet because trust me if you didn't get pain you would die really fast because pain is the way that your body tells you you need to move away from something Mm -hmm. it's going to hurt you more Mm -hmm. and if you didn't feel that you could get an injury and keep moving and you would die because you don't know that you're hurt. You follow? Yeah, so yeah. The pain is not the enemy. Pain is actually your body telling you, I need you to change something, a habit or a behavior, because I know it sucks to all this pain I'm sending you, but I'm ultimately trying to protect you. So don't blame me Yeah, yeah. and don't break me down and don't try to cover it up. I need to really pay attention to what's going on. And that was my mission of figuring out, okay, well, we have all these wonderful therapies and wonderful treatments and more technology than ever before, but why are people in more pain and getting sicker? Because what we're doing is not working. I yeah. think it's actually an epic fail, in my opinion, in relationship to what's taking out most people, which is chronic disease, autoimmune, lifestyle diseases, yeah. not the traumatic ones. Right. And yeah, the traumatic yeah. ones we're really great at. I mean, if you need surgery and you have a body part hanging off, you know, you don't see me for limp work. You, <laughs> yeah. you get that stuff put back on, but you better see me for limp work after that is what I'm going to tell you. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm going after the people that have chronic pain or issues where they call autoimmune, where you're just on. Why did my body just all of a sudden to turn on itself right now? Or. They'll have acute injuries and then they go through surgeries and they go through rehab, but they end up with a problem that's still with them. You follow? Yeah. And maybe people didn't go far enough into where they need to go. Because here's what a lot of people don't know is that you can have an underlying issue that's been building up in your body for decades waiting to come to the surface. But the it doesn't until you get a traumatic injury mm-hmm. or you go through a really stressful event. Sometimes that's the the catalyst that kicks off the the reaction, or they call it the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. So if you tear your ACL, that's enough of a stress and trauma that now is going to kick off that underlying autoimmune disease that may have hit you five years later, but then you get it now because people are allowed to have more than one problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess and some, now, of those, some of those <laughs> things are sort of in the background, like hiding, as you say, like not really a bit dormant, not really like showing their symptoms until a certain, either a trigger or just time goes on a little bit more. Yeah. Well, you got to remember your body's always protecting you and it's killing stuff and taking care of things all the time without you knowing it. Mm. That's its job. And your immune system, especially is supposed to kill bad things. It's going to take me out. And your nervous system does the same thing. It's always on alert, looking for anything that's going to 
to lessen your survival rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it does whatever it has to do to protect it. That's called adaptation, right? Yeah. And, and it's called resilience. But it, it has a breaking point that it can't do it anymore on its own or by itself. And then how it lets you know that it needs you to take a more active role in helping it or be aware of looking at the body differently than you might not have been looking at it before. And it does that through pain because pain is really, really great at increasing your awareness, hmm. right? If you think about that, like if something hurts, you're really freaking aware of it. So yeah. it's a wonderful strategy for your brain to say, I need you to start paying attention to me. And the tricky part is it doesn't necessarily mean that the attention has to go where it hurts. That's where stop chasing pain means. Stop chasing pain doesn't say stop treating pain. It says stop chasing it. So you treat where it hurts, but you also treat somewhere else because it's never, ever, ever, I'm going to say that again, yeah. ever, ever one spot. Never. Yeah, and that probably where it'd be nice to um, like give us this like 101 or intro to like what is the lymphatic system, what is lymph, um, just real sort of basics to start with for us we've you know it fits really nicely and so we've been um sort of really pushing a message of investing in your physical pension since the beginning of the year trying to mm -hmm. encourage people to definitely like stop chasing pain and listen to their body like this you know this podcast with you is coming like at a perfect time for people i just think that this whole um yeah the lymph the lymph and what the effect that that can have is going to be potentially quite eye-opening for us as, as as listeners and i include ourselves in this um so I'm going to get the notebook out and take some notes down as you sort of just go, go wax lyrical, but just ease us into it of like, why is it so important? What literally is it from the basics? And we'll build it from there. Okay. Yeah. So this is the part that's going to be challenging for me. I mean, I'm going to make it simple, but I love talking about limp that I can go on for two days straight. I'm not kidding. I'm here all night, baby. Don't worry. Keep going. I teach a class on this, an intensive class that's usually 14 hours. It's an <laughs> designed to actually completely change your life and melt your brain. So I'm going to do a little bit of that now, but let's talk about systems of the body first. Okay. It's, it's most important that, you know, you have a lot of different systems in your body and none of them ever work alone. They never get injured alone and they never get healed. Um, they never heal alone. So what's a system? Well, some people will know of your nervous system, your cardiovascular system, right? Then yeah got your organ systems, uh, your hormone systems. So you get the idea, your musculoskeletal system, which is the one that most people chase after, right? Because you come on in and something hurts in a joint or a muscle, you consider that a musculoskeletal problem. But I'm here to tell you, it's not just a musculoskeletal problem because all of those systems work together. Mm. And the lymphatic system is one that nobody really talks about. And they usually say, lymph what? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that means. And I, I get that in the medical world because they don't really pay attention to it. And uh, people ask me, why not? And I'm like, that's a damn good question. I wish I could give you the answer because I ask myself that every day because I think it's actually the most important and neglected system in the body that humans are not looking at to take back control of their body and their health from pain and um, disease. And it's just something that hasn't been on the radar in medicine. I, it used to be many, many years ago, like over 100 years ago, osteopathic medicine, which is a big part of my influence, was founded on a principle of fluid dynamics. Fluid means blood flow and lymph flow. And if you, it just got kind of put in the archives or forgotten about, or people just think it was any big deal. 
And I honestly did the same thing too. Like I didn't really pay attention to limp through most of my career until about five years ago when I almost died from autoimmune disease and medical intervention. And I was on my deathbed actually. And uh, finding lymphatic work saved my life. It changed my life. It gave me the answers I was looking for. So I'm building it up now. So everybody says, can you tell me what it is? Yes. Uh, it's actually part of two different systems. It's part of your immune system. So its primary job is to remove toxins from the body that get in the body or that um, the body makes itself through metabolic waste and cellular waste. I'll explain that more when we get to it. But its job is to remove bacteria, viruses, toxins, uh, cancer cells, fungus, uh, parasites, and even your own metabolic waste that you get from tissue trauma, tissue injury, metabolic waste from training and working out. Because when you work out, you destroy cells. That's the reason you're working out. So you can destroy cells and make new, more resilient ones. That's what rest and recovery means. So if you don't have enough rest and recovery, you're going to be overtrained and you're damaging cells too much and you can't repair. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So then you're going to get worse. And then you have all these different physical manifestations of not enough rest. But when you break down those cells of the body through training or just through life itself, because cells, billions of cells die every day on purpose, and they need to get out of the body. And if they don't get out of the body, they stay in the body. And then the body considers your own body to be a toxin because it's waste. It's a waste product. <clears throat> and the lymphatic system, its primary job is to kill those suckers and then help remove it from the body. So it's a huge player, if not one of the most significant players in your immune system. And that's important because whenever you have pain or discomfort or trauma, you're going to have inflammation in the body and you need to get rid of the inflammation in time. Mm. Inflammation in and of itself is not bad. You need inflammation because that's the healing process. It's only chronic, incessant inflammation that breaks the body down. The lymphatic system is one of the biggest players to do that. So you might ask yourself, why in the hell doesn't anybody tell me that? That's why I'm here. Yeah. Why, why do you think is that, Perry? Like when people yeah. talk about, they think about immunity, think of like white blood cells. I don't know. I, I don't feel like we're told about the lymph system. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, you know, I mean, I wasn't really exposed to it as well, but when I, when I was, it was just kind of glossed over of, okay, this is part of your immune system. Let's move on to the more important stuff. And I'm like, hello, that's, that's kind of an important one, right? But listen, medicine messes up all the time. And what they tell you is you can or can't do today is usually proven completely wrong tomorrow. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. Um, you know, they're finally coming around because of some recent discoveries that they're finding that the brain in and of itself connects and drains to the lymphatic system. And through most of medical science, they said that was an impossibility. And then recently, oh, guess what? We were wrong. It's there. It's been there the whole time. Oopsie daisy. Our bad. You know, so there's new discoveries all the time. And then now that they find it, they'll start to investigate it a little bit more. But it's it's a huge player. And so it's part of your immune system. And that's big, guys, because your immune system is the primary system that's designed to keep you alive. And if it doesn't function at optimum, your life is going to suffer more. You're going to have more pain. You're going to have more illness. You're going to have more disease. 
And then it's also part of your cardiovascular system, which many people don't know. So your heart is only going to function as well as your lymphatic system. Your arteries in your veins are only going to function as well as your lymphatic system because those, those systems are fluid systems, which means they work with each other and then fluids move based on pressure. That's what blood pressure is. And fluids move based on movement. Movement is pressure, right? Striking the earth with your foot is a pressure. And that force goes through your body and out your body when you move your limb. That's pressure. When you sit on a piece of furniture and you your butt hurts and you got to move, that's pressure. So if the pressure systems don't work well on the fluid systems, you get what's called stagnation or obstruction where fluids don't move. And then when that happens... You start to have uh, cardiovascular issues, blood flow issues, and then that's where you run into play of maybe you can't get enough nutrients and oxygens to tissues because the fluid's not moving. That's why movement is so extremely powerful. So the, the lymph system, in my opinion, is the most important system in your body because that's the linchpin, which is basically if I pull that guy, the whole structure comes down. It's called the keystone, like of an arch. Like you walk through an archway, all the stones matter, but the most important one is the center one hanging straight over your head. And the lymph system for me is so important because I want you to think about it like a sewage system, right? If you go to the bathroom in your house, you put waste in the bowl, right? You urinate and you defecate, which is actually a part of the detoxification process. And then what you do is you flush the toilet so it goes out, right? Yeah. And that's what your lymph system is. Your lymph system is basically the toilet. Now, I want you to imagine if you went to the bathroom in your house all the time and you couldn't flush the toilet. I don't think I would want to be anywhere near you. <laughs> Definitely not mine. Your body does the same thing. So when you can't flush the toilets that your body and the cells are living in, well, then your cells feel the same way you do. Dude, I don't want to be here. This sucks. And then you start to get sick. And then what you think is, well, why don't you just flush the toilet? Well, then that's what I'm trying to do with the lymphatic system. And that's what my approach teaches you is how to be able to cleanse that, right? Because the, the lymph system, here's the thing. The lymph system is always moving in some way, shape, or form, because if the lymph system stopped working, you would die within two days. I want you to really take that in. If the lymph system stopped working completely, you're dead within two days, and your life's going to be miserable in those 48 hours, because it's wow. going to be a slow death, not just a quick one, like when your heart goes out. <clears throat> so I want you to imagine if, if it doesn't go completely, but what happens if it only works at 50% optimal capacity? Stuff gets out, stuff stays in, and then that's the people who all of a sudden feel like crap all the time. I'm tired, I'm fatigued, I'm lethargic, I got pain, I get discomfort, I got brain fog. Why is this stuff happening to me and why am I not getting better? Because the system is backlogged, it's stuck. And when you can clear that system, then the environment inside of your body called your internal environment functions better and then the cells can feel better. That's why I call my, my course the Body Aquarium Lymphatic Mojo. So the, the quickest way that I can help people understand something they have no clue about is to tie it to something that they already understand. So we call that a metaphor or an analogy. So that's why I say I want you to think about your lymphatic system as the filtration system in a fish tank. So if I have a beautiful aquarium in my house and I've got the water in the tank, I've got all the fish in the tank, 
And then the filter system is underneath the tank most of the time with a small little filter sitting up in the corner that moves the water, right? Moves the water. I want you to remember that, moves the water. <clears throat> so inside, I'm gonna give you an analogy. The cells for you are the fish in the tank. Living cells inside of you, inside a water environment, you're 70 to 80% water, you're 90% water in some key structures like your brain. And then the fish will thrive if the fish tank is kept clean. And when, <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> when the fish go and the fish eat food, then the fish poop and pee, right? <clears throat> well, that's what your cells do. You give food to your cells, that's called food. <laughs> and then your cells use it and then they pee and poop too. And then if you didn't clear the tank, then the fish start to live in that waste. And then it, what happens to a fish tank that loses its filtration? It becomes stagnant. It becomes green. You get algae, you get bacteria, you get fungus, you get disease. That's why they tell you don't drink from still water because you're gonna die quick. And if you ever look at the fish in the tank when it's toxic, what do you see fish doing with their mouth? They go really big, wide mouths like they're what? Like they're suffocating because they can't breathe because there's no oxygen in the tank because there's too many toxins in the tank. That's exactly what happens to you. If the waste doesn't get out from around your cells, your fish your cells can't get oxygen. And when they can't get oxygen, they can't heal. They can't regenerate. You're not making new ones if they can't breathe. Trust me. Mm. So what you need to do is you don't go and try to take the fish out and put new fish in and take the water out of the tank and clean the tank and put new water in because the same thing's going to come back. The fish are going to get sick again. The water's going to get toxic again. And then I ask people a common sense question. How would you fix this problem if you knew the filter system underneath was the problem? Well, then you fix the filter system. And that's exactly what I'm trying to have people do, that if you don't fix the filter system, I don't care what you do inside the tank, it's not going to work. It's not. It'll work for a little while, but then it'll come back because you haven't changed the environment. You haven't looked at the true cause of things. So with lymphatic work, it's just a way for people to clean their aquarium, clean their tank. Because if I can clean the tank, my body is pretty freaking smart. It already knows what it needs to do to heal itself. It's designed to do so. So my contention is maybe you're not getting better because the body doesn't have the necessary environment or ingredients it needs to do what it's trying to do. So the first step is clean your tank. So that's why in our work, we always clean the tank. And here's the cool thing. We know that there are two things that primarily move your lymphatics. One <clears throat> is movement. And <clears throat> so the more I move them myself, more often, more ways, more environments. That just means do more movement than you're doing now and do it in different ways, right? Yep. Do it in different ways. <clears throat> so the more movement you do, the more you're going to move fluid. And the other one is breathing, particularly from your diaphragm, which many of your listeners might know the power of why breathing is so important. Yep. 
to me, breathing is so important because it moves lymph, it moves fluid. So diaphragm breathing changes what? Pressure. So when you change pressure, you move fluid, right? So movement and breathing move the lymph. And then here's when people usually say the same thing to me. I'm already doing those things. <laughs> Why in the hell do I need to do lymph work if I'm already doing that? Or I'm doing those things and I'm still sick. I'm still not able to get better. Here's my answer, all right? They're supposed to be able to move it enough. But sometimes the system is so overloaded, it's so blocked, it's so stagnated, it's so overwhelmed that you can't do it on your own. Just because I need to flush the toilet <clears throat> doesn't mean that if I flush the toilet, everything's going to go down, right? It may be so clogged and backed up that I can't create enough pressure to flush the toilet until I do what? I get my plunger out. <laughs> got to get in there. <laughs> and then I snake it. Sometimes I got to snake it. I got to go on. I got to remove the blockage. And then all of a sudden, guess what? You didn't see it my toilet goes, this morning, did you? It goes all by itself, right? Yeah. So that's my answer. That's what lymph work is. I need you to manually go in and assess the system first, because when, that's what we teach people. When you assess the system, you already start to clear the system because you assess it by hand. Then you do some manual resets by hand, or it could be by massage devices. It could be by massage balls, roller balls, whatever. It's like doing manual work on a calf. Let's say if I'm a physician, I can touch your calf and I can push in your calf and I can do soft tissue work on your calf if I'm a healthcare professional because I'm licensed to do so. What if you're a fitness professional, depending on where you are, and you can't do that? Well, that's when you use other things. You show other people how to rub their own calf. Or you use the roller, you use the ball, you use the vibration device, the hypervolt, the hyperice, whatever you got, to move and influence the tissue. So it really doesn't matter what tool you use. I just need you to know that you should be using it and where you should be using it and which order you should be using it again. So every human being can do lymphatic work on themselves or to themselves. And if you can't physically do it, then you show another human being how to do it to themselves. So that's why this is so easy to do. The biggest thing that's gonna change your life with lymph guys is this, it's very simple. Being aware that the lymphatic system exists and you actually need to do something to it. Just that, you're going to make a change to it. Right. That Very, makes sense? Yeah. Great sense. I've just, in, this has been the first podcast where I've just sat for 25 minutes and just loved listening to you um, talk through some of this stuff. And but I've now got a page full of questions that I need to ask you. <laughs> I told um, you it was going to be good, Tim. I told you it was so going to be good. <laughs> I want to go yeah. quick fire because I'm sure you've got some more knowledge to drop. So let's, uh, I'm just going <laughs> to rattle through quick some of fire. these. Uh, right. So the first time that I kind of like came across this idea of um, influencing or impacting the lymphatic system was when I did my sports massage course many, many years ago. And Jacko is still waiting for me to give him the first yeah, massage. Gonna, and I'm, yeah. Well, I'm a bit worried now that what Perry said is that like, I, if you don't know how to do it yourself, get someone else to do it. And now that might mean that you think I've got to yeah. massage you. We'll talk about that off air. I've um, previously heard you say that you only do massages if you get nooky afterwards. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a husband-wife thing these days. 
so, Perry, like, is, is, um, is, is, is this, this concept of, of manipulating lymphatic system, I'm just interested, for top level, is it, is it something which has taken a long time to come into westernized like medicine, if you want to use that in inverted commas? Is, has it been a principle in homeopathic or Eastern practices for, who have generally kind of maybe taken a more holistic approach to understanding the complexity of the system? And are we slow to the table on this one? Yeah, we're very slow. Well, Yes and no, in a way. So, I mean, lymphatics were discovered hundreds of years ago, if not longer than that. And then it's been documented where, you know, they discovered the system. But it's just something that, you know, got stuck in. I always say it's like, the, if you ever seen the Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's like the Ark of the Covenant stuck in a box somewhere in a warehouse that nobody knows how important it is. It's just lost in the shuffle, right? Obscure movie reference right there. But um <clears throat> yeah, and but the premise of that actually really took off more so in osteopathic medicine. So the founder of osteopathic medicine called Andrew Taylor still was the one who said, look to the lymphatics for the cause of disease and optimal health. And he, he combined that with uh, blood flow, fluid, uh, arterial flow. Mm. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm clearing my throat a lot because I did some lymphatic work on myself this morning. <laughs> you know, it, it drains from the head and the neck and I'll preface it to say that one of the reasons it drains like that is because I had cancer about uh, 18 years ago. I had thyroid cancer. So my thyroid gland has been removed and a lot of lymph nodes in my neck were removed. So it makes me more prone to congestion in the head and the neck. So when I clear the lymph in my head and my neck, it drains the toxins and mucus comes down. And then it just for a period of time, I have to clear my throat. So my apologies. But, you know, that that's how the system works. Mm. Because uh, you want those toxins out, not in. Um, so I just wanted to give a preface of why I'm clearing my throat so much. My apologies. And um, so uh, one from that standpoint, and you know that was revolutionary to me. The the lymphatics, and even back over a hundred years ago, he was the one who said, you know, you you need to look at the the lymph is going to be connected to the brain. And then science thought he was out of his freaking mind, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> guess what they found, right? So. Um, but it has had a place in um, Ayurvedic medicine for many, many years. So that's one of the reasons I like Ayurvedic medicine is because their central tenet is clear the limp first. And it's also the central tenet in osteopathic medicine. So that's what we do first is we, we check the box to make sure that the lymph is working well. Because if it is working well, I don't have to worry about it. You follow? So I, I need to check the box. Is it working well or is it not working well? If it's working well, awesome. Then I just made it work better because I just stimulated it. But if it's not working, we've got to clear that out. Because if I don't clear the limb first, in my opinion, I don't care what you do after that. You're not going to get the optimal results that you can get because you're going to hit you're going to hit a ceiling, right? Your fish tank because you, you, your filter system is shot. So let's you go into that. Uh, Eastern medicine too. Yes. Yeah, great. Thanks for that. Let's let's go into. I'm interested, in, and I'm going to try and sequence a few of these questions together to to kind of continue your your thread. So, if someone's sat there now, they kind of go right. I, I understand that this is a big deal. Like, how do we get a? Is there a, is there a way that people can get a basic understanding right now of how their lymphatic system is working? How dirty is their fish tank? Well, I have a joke that I always say is that you know everybody's got a lymph system problem. They just don't know it yet. Okay. Uh, it just depends on how toxic it is. Because listen. Nobody's ever done anything. Most people, I'm going to say 99.999% of the population never done anything on purpose to help their lymph. They've always done it by accident, right? Yeah. Through movement, uh, which most humans, listen, most humans don't move enough, right? 
in our small little world, we move all the time and we just think everybody else does the same thing. And you know that they don't. They're very sedentary. And then we think that most people breathe. Most people don't know how to breathe. I mean, they respire through the neck and the lungs, but that's not breathing through the diaphragm. That's completely different. 99.99% of the population has no freaking idea how to do that. So the two things or check boxes are gone, right? So I know that somebody's going to have a problem. If you have an autoimmune disease, I already know you got a problem with the limp because I'm going to contend you can't get an autoimmune disease without a limp problem. If you have chronic pain, I'm going to say you got a limp issue. I just need to see how much. So everyone gets the system assessed and I need to see how much it's involved to what degree it's involved. And we do that. How can you tell you have that? It's tongue in cheek. I'm saying everybody has a problem. I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. Um, and then you can, because here's the thing. You can't see if you got a lymph issue through blood work. So there's no lymph line on your blood work. You've got lines for everything else. And those are the markers of issues and dysfunctions or sy symptoms. And what I'm going to tell you is those things will show up when your fish tank's dirty. You follow? Mm -hmm. And then um, you go by <clears throat> the history, what their issue is. You go by your physical assessment, right? Because most people, when they have a lymphatic system issue, <clears throat> the majority of people will become very puffy, very swollen, uh, hold on to water weight and body fat. Because you can't drain toxins from the body the body actually has a safety net to protect itself, which means it swells itself. When you become very toxic, you, you need to dilute the toxicity, right? And in order to dilute the toxicity, the brain says, well, I'm just going to make you swell. So you hold on to fluid so it's less toxic. Or one of its biggest strategies is it uses body fat as a protective mechanism. So fat surrounds toxins of the body. Toxins are stored in body fat. So the fatter you are, the more toxic you are. <clears throat> That's one of the reasons why people are having an issue with the pandemic, because they know obesity is tied to immune system dysfunction and inflammation. Uh, so it, your body will take fat to surround toxins because it says, listen, I've got to protect you because you can't get the toxins out. I'm going to try to get them as far away from the vital structures as I can. So I'm going to put them in the superficial body fat. And, but sometimes it drives, drives deeper and goes into the visceral body fat called the, the brown body fat that's deeper. The People can have that issue even when they're lean on the outside. You can be really lean on the outside, but fat on the inside, and you're just as sick as somebody else who's carrying around 200 extra pounds on the outside. So that's called visceral fat or brown fat. <clears throat> it happens a lot with people who have liver issues. And it just so turns out that the liver is one of the largest detoxification organs in your body and is responsible for up to 50% of lymphatic production in the body. So if you got a lymph problem, you got a liver problem. If you got a liver problem, you got a lymph problem. So they go hand in hand. So puffiness, swelling, inability to lose weight is a big one. You're going to struggle to lose weight when your lymph system doesn't work well. You're probably never going to lose weight when your lymph system doesn't work well because your brain is going to say to itself, dude, I can't let you lose body fat because you already can't detoxify yourself. That's why I'm making you fatter. And now you want me to burn the toxins in the body fat and release it into a system that couldn't handle it in the first place. If I do that, you're going to get sicker and worse and more pain and you might freaking die. So my only option is I'm going to keep you fat. 
Mm. And then the harder you train, the worse you usually feel or the more weight you gain. Think about that for a second. How many people get fatter when they train or when they stop training? Now you know one of the reasons why. Because the body rebounds and says, I put 20 pounds on you the first time and you did this. Now I'm going to put 40 on you. Let's see if that works. So you have to fit, you have to ask why the body does what it does. The body never does anything by accident. There's always a purpose. There's always a reason. And the number one reason is this. I want you to write this down. The number one reason is this. It's survival and protection and safety. It is not punishment. Mm. So all of these things are not designed to make your life miserable. It just feels miserable because the body trying to help you with its symptoms. But its ultimate goal is to protect you in the way that it's choosing to do it. We just don't understand why it's choosing that way to do it. So you have to reframe it. I will tell you for me personally, guys, remember I told you my fitness story. I've been training and working out since I was 14 years old. I'd probably know more about fitness than people that I forgot more than most people know. I've seen it all. I've from the beginning to now, I've tried it all. I've done it all. I know how to pack on muscle, and I know how to get ripped. But I couldn't. Even when I was doing all of those things, I was still struggling to lose weight, and I was getting more swollen, more inflamed, more puffy. Now I know why, because I'm destroying tissues and creating more metabolic waste through my training or even through my nutrition, because even nutritious food turns into toxins because that eventually becomes metabolic waste. So it's not just a matter of changing your diet. That's a big start, but you got to get the crap out of your system first. Otherwise, you can't get the nutrients in even when you eat them because they're going to turn toxic. That's why people who eat healthy food still stay inflamed because it's considered a toxin even though it's quote unquote on my healthy organic list, mm. right? So for me, when I began to work the lymphatic system and do this, I lost 30 pounds of body fat, swelling, and inflammation in one month. 30 pounds. Why? Because I finally gave the environment that my body needs to actually allow that to happen. And then I've stayed lean, mean, tall, and confident ever since because of the principles that I do every day. So I do lymphatic work every day. I teach people to do lymphatic work every day. They do it before they train. It's a great reset. It's a great one after you train as well, because if you do it before, you prime your body with fluid flow, uh, blood flow, and you warm up the primary joints of the body where the lymph is located, which we'll talk about if we have time. Yeah. And then when I train, I destroy tissues and cells and I create metabolic waste. So if I do lymph work after I train, I get that stuff out faster. So I can recover faster and go harder, harder, faster, stronger, longer. Hashtag beast mode, badass monster. So I can do all of that stuff if I can do the lymph work because I'm concerned about the environment that my cells live in. That's the key. Love it. It comes down to the cell. Love it. How are your quick fire questions going, Tim? Well, I'm loving I'm, this. I'm not getting through as many as I want to. I can't give a short answer. It doesn't exist. It's, it's right. good. We need Let's, the depth. Uh, Let's keep going then. So like, if, um, I'm going to come back to, I've got some others if we've got, we'll go quick part at the end, Perry. Let's, we need um, a part two. Let's just say we can have a part two. Okay. Let, let's talk about what lymph work looks like. So people understand they've got a dirty fish tank. We're about to do a training session. What Give some people some ideas of what lymph work is. What, how do we begin? And what does it look like? 
Can you go from the uh, like where are the like the main like areas? I'm, and I, I teach people what I call the the big six. It's the one of the easiest primary ways for everybody just to start to introduce work into the system. Very very simple. All right. It's so simple that some people say it can't be that easy. And I'm like, you want to bet? Mm-hmm. It actually can be that easy. It's just knowing that you need to do it. All right. <clears throat> so let's talk about the limp. First of all. You've got more lymphatic fluid in your body than you do blood. You've got about five liters of blood. You've got double that of lymphatic. Some people even put it up to 12 to 15 liters. So I want you to think about that for a moment. If it's double the amount of blood, maybe it means it's sort of maybe kind of important. (laughs) So the blood is going to be beholden to how well the lymphatic system works because the lymph ultimately dumps itself into the veins of the body. So you've got arteries that deliver oxygen and nutrients. That's red blood. It looks red because of the oxygen. And then you have the veins that return deoxygenated blood or blood that's got carbon dioxide in it and waste. And it doesn't have oxygen, so that's why it looks blue. It's darker. And it takes that ultimately back towards the heart and then into the lungs and all sorts of fun stuff that we already know about. So it dumps into the veins, right? And you've got lymph everywhere. It's mostly located at the skin. So it sits beneath the skin. That's one of the reasons why people who have skin issues usually have lymph issues. Because when it gets backed up in the skin, the skin shows it because the skin is also a detoxification organ. So if the lymph backs up, the skin actually detoxifies more and then it shows through the skin. Could right. my could my athlete's foot be a lymph problem then? It possibly can be because that athlete's foot's going to be a type of think about that a type of fungus or invader into the system, mm. and then what's the system that's going to attack that? Your immune system, yeah. right? So you still have to treat the athlete's foot, but you got to make sure that the the uh, I'll use that as an example when we get back to it. So hold on to that foot, cool. right? Got it. I'm going to use that as an example. And when we get to it, um, it's also located primarily in your gut. The majority of the lymphatics are located in your gut, your small intestines, because that's where most of your immune system lives. They know through science that 60 to 70 percent, some people put 80 percent of your immune system strength resides in your gut. So your your body is pretty smart and says, listen, I'm going to put a lot of lymph there because if anything happens to your gut, I need the lymph to be able to protect you with your immune system. So that's why people who have gut issues usually have lymph issues. And the other place is the head and the neck, the head and the neck, and that's going to impact the brain. So, but it's, it goes everywhere like that. And the lymph is located in layers, right? And it works on pressure. So I'm going to make this very, very simple. I'm going to throw a term at you from physics, but don't let it overwhelm your brain. It's called hydrodynamics. Hydrodynamics means with fluids, high pressure goes to low pressure. Write that down. High pressure goes to low pressure. So an example of that is a water dam. Like if I have water on one side, I've got a dam barrier and no water. So high pressure side is where the water is. Low pressure side is where there's no water. What happens if I open up the dam doors? The water goes straight to the low pressure side all on its own. I don't have to force it to do it. That's the way the lymph works right? So just remember this, 
The lowest pressure system for the lymph is at the bottom of the neck at the collarbone. So that's the drainage point into the veins before they go back in towards the heart, right? So at the collarbone is the lowest pressure of the veins and the lymph. So where's the highest pressure? It's at the most distal ends of the body away from that. Your fingers, your toes, and the top of your head. So that means all of the fluid in your foot, all of the fluid in your hand, all of the fluid in your brain, its target is the collarbone. And it wants to drain there based on pressure. So what moves to pressure? Breathing and limp, breathing and movement, right? <clears throat> so if you've got blockages in any one of those areas towards the collarbone, then you're going to have an obstruction that you're going to need to. You're going to have the backed up toilet, right? And here's the cool thing. Nature's really freaking smart. She knows that movement moves lymph. So most of your gathering of what they call lymph nodes, lymph nodes are like many small kidneys that gather together to filter out the bad stuff and kill it so it can get out of your system. So they have what they call clusters of lymph nodes. You got about six or 700 in your body, sometimes four. It depends on the research you look at and the size of the person that you're dealing with. But the majority of the clusters lie around the joints of the body that move the most. I'm going to say that one more time. The majority of those clusters of lymph nodes that kill toxins reside around the joints of the body that are supposed to move the most, which include your knee, the back of your knee, right? Your hip, the front of your hip in your groin, your abdomen, two to three inches above your navel, because that's where your intestines sit, your shoulder joint, and the top of your neck at the, where your skull is. Those are the primary areas of your body that need to move the most. That's why movement moves length. Those are also the biggest places that get clogged, the big filters, right? So they have deeper filters that are right next to the spine that most people, I can't teach you how to do that here, but I can teach you how to get those intermediate ones because you've got superficial layers near the skin. I've got layers that are a little bit deeper. They're around the joints and I got the deepest layers that are near the spine. So you're going to take care of the first two when I show you the big six, right? So let's take an example of your foot. Let's say you've got an injury to your foot. It could be anything. It could be athlete's foot, you know, because that's a fungus, right? You're going to have like, uh, you can have an ankle sprain, a twist, uh, plantar fasciitis, whatever. Itis means what? Inflammation. So if you got inflammation, what does that mean? That means you got to get the inflammation out. Okay. So <clears throat> the swelling or the, the tissue damage and tissue repair is happening in your foot. Got it? Mm. So where does all that fluid got to go in your foot that you're trying to get out? Or where do all those cells that you're trying to kill got to go? Collarbone. They got to go all the way up to your neck because that's how they're going to get out. Right? And will your feet, your, your feet go to the left side of your neck. 
right? Mm-hmm. So the lower body goes to the left side of the neck. So in order to get to the left side of your neck, because that's the lowest pressure site, remember? That's the lowest pressure site. So the foot already knows where it needs to go. It says, guys, we got to go to the left side of the neck. Let's move. But the first place it's got to clear is the back of the knee. What happens if the back of the knee has lymph nodes that are clogged? Then it's going to go towards the back of the knee and say, guys, stuck here. I can't go any further. We got to hang out here for a while because I can't get through. Some of you guys can get through. You go ahead. We'll just hang out here. And then that means you're going to stay with what? Inflammation and toxins in the body. So once it clears the knee, then it's got to clear the groin. Once it clears the groin, then it's got to clear the abdomen. Once it clears the abdomen, then it's got to get to the neck. So your foot is only going to get as, as well as it can based on your knee, your groin, your abdomen, and your neck. That makes sense. Yeah. And would you like say if you have a blockage at your at your knee or at your your hip and stuff staying around there, could that result in like knee pain? Like that could be yeah. the reason why someone's actually got some pain. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right? Because remember, no system works alone. Mm. So let's say you get backed up at the limp behind the knee. There's a lot of stuff that runs behind that knee. This thing called your sciatic nerve runs down there. And if that guy gets irritated, you can feel pain in your lower back. Right? You've got a big, huge amount of blood flow that goes down the leg and up the leg. If that gets congested there, I'm not going to get enough blood flow to my foot that's trying to heal. I'm not going to allow enough toxins to get out through the veins to let it heal. And then maybe I'll start to get calf issues. Maybe I'll start to get uh, leg issues because you get a blockage up and you get a blockage down. So I'm getting hit from both sides. Yeah. And so how, so you, how do you get rid of a blockage? That's, what's that? How do, how do we get rid of a blockage? Is it, is it something manual people can do to themselves? Unclog the toilet. Unclog the toilet. So what you got to do in there, you got to go by hand and you got to remove the blockage, right? Because moving is not enough anymore. Breathing is not enough anymore. You're still going to do those after you remove the blocks. Yeah. So all you got to do is know where the blocks are. And then I honestly really don't care how you remove the blocks. You can use whatever plunger you want, right? So the order of clearing the blocks is the most important. I'm going to say that two more times. The order of clearing the blocks is the most important. That's one. Here comes the second one. The order of clearing the blocks is the most important, right? Because I don't want people to just arbitrarily rub body parts. You're not going to get the same results because it's based on pressure flow. So that's why you always start at the collarbone yeah. when you do lymph work, because I need to make sure that that flows well. So all I do is I tell people to massage or rub above the collarbone on the left side and above the collarbone on the right side, right? Any way you want. They say, how do I rub it? Yes, that's how you rub it. I want you to go circles, figure eights, left, right, <clears throat> star patterns, make little unicorns. I don't care. Like, <laughs> Rubber. Okay. How deep should I go? Yes. Different depths. Superficial. Deep. How fast should I go? Yes. Go fast. Go slow. Go different. Just don't hurt yourself. Don't cause pain. So rub the left side, rub the right side for how long? Yes. I want you to get in there and just rub it for five to 10 seconds. It doesn't take a lot, but you can go longer if you want to. Then you're going to go 
to the next pressure block, which is at the top of the neck, right at the angle of the jaw behind the ear. So that's the largest lymph node in the neck. So I want to clear that so my neck can drain down to the collarbone. You follow? Yeah. So collarbone first, then top of the neck, right behind the angle of the jaw, right behind the ear on the left side and the right side is the only corner you'll find. Then you're going to rub the shoulder joint right in the front where the pec joins the shoulder, where everybody has tightness, right? Everybody has tightness. Then I'm going to rub the belly. I'm going to rub the abdomen at the navel and above the navel, different directions, up, down, left, right, press in, massage a little bit. Then I'm going to do the crease of the groin. Then I'm going to do the back of the knee. So how did I do that? I drained it from high, from lowest pressure to highest pressure. So you never, ever start your work from the bottom up. You always start from the collarbone <clears throat> down because then I clear a pressure block and then the next pressure comes to what I just cleared, right? You're... you're um, helping the flow one blockage at a time. And you always do both sides. You never do just one side. Yeah. So if your left foot is swollen, I don't want you to just do the left leg. You have to do the right because both sides of the body always communicate with each other. It's never just a one-sided issue, ever, ever, ever. So you always do both sides. That's the big six. So the collarbone is one. The top of the neck is two. The shoulder is three, the abdomen is four, the groin is five, the knee is six. Go Do ahead. that. Then I want you to treat your foot. Then I want you to go run. Then I want you to deadlift. Then I want you to do whatever you want to do. And then after you're done training, what do you think you do again? Same thing. Same exact thing. You make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And stay with me. There's no system that works alone. So all of your major blood flow outlets exist in those places too. So when you stimulate those, I'm going to increase blood flow. Plus, those are the primary joints of your body that your brain uses to give what we call sensory feedback or the big fancy word that some people might know called proprioception. Proprioception is what your brain uses to determine where a joint or a structure is in space and time based on stimulation and movement. Trust me, if you rub and slap your primary joints, your brain's going to know where the hell your joints are because you just slapped them. So you're going to have more proprioceptive feedback to your brain. You're going to have more body awareness, which is going to increase your performance and decrease your chance of injury because of poor proprioception. So I just tied in the nervous system and the immune system together with the brain in relationship to function of your body. Perry, someone just in, in the interest of sort of efficiency around training programs, like we would often use some self-massage, like I like to say rollers or balls or something to do some release work around tight muscles and, and that sort of thing prior to a session. 
does that if we, if we kind of include these areas in that kind of process is that going to give us a little bit of a benefit as well is, is it is it possible to kind of if we're doing the lower body um to to incorporate some some lymph work at the same time and then yeah. my, my question is that i guess we've always often if we're dealing with trigger point release we would focus on the specific part of of uh, the muscle where we feel that adhesion whereas wh- what you're saying is we actually we, there will be some benefit of just doing longer kind of rolling massages across all of the muscle just to get that fluid moving am, am i right with that Yes and no. Uh, so <clears throat> one, you st- I still want you to do you know work on a specific area that hurts, right? Because there's probably inflammation and swelling. But now you know this. You better not do anything to it until you do those big six first. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Like I don't want you to do anything until you clear the big six first, because I need to make sure that fluid can get out and fluid can get in before you do directed effort, because. If you don't clear the big six, and let's say you went and you wanted to work on that calf with a foam roller, uh, first of all, foam rolling can probably be a little bit too intense sometimes with the pressure. So um, you got to be careful with that. Uh, I'm not saying you can't foam roll, just be careful of pressure. Um, But so if I foam roll the calf, I'm going to be influencing fluid flow, right? Well, what happens if I send it to a knee that's clogged, a groin that's clogged, or an abdomen that's clogged? But then I'm not doing myself any good. I'm going to put toxins in other parts of my body that can manifest somewhere else. So you can still do like directed trigger point work and stuff like that to our area, but I want you to do it second. Yeah. So if you're a trainer you can have people do their own work, right? You show people how to do rollers. You show people how to do lacrosse balls and, you know, get into my shoulder, get into my pec minor, get into my glute. It's no different. You're, you're just being targeted with where you want them to do the work. So what I would do is show all of my athletes, and I would usually do it with them, and I show them, I want you to do these big six areas first, and then I want you to go do the foam rolling. Then I want you to do the trigger point ball in your piriformis. Then I want you to go to whatever you need to do. Mm. So it's just the that order is really important, guys. That, that can make a difference of whether that foam roller is going to work as well or not. Mm. And you said sort of like, I know you mentioned time. Yes, you can get into that. But if someone's just thinking about getting started on this, you mentioned sort of 10, 15 seconds per, per site. Is that <laughs> is that enough time? Yeah, doesn't take much. <clears throat> pardon okay. me, it doesn't take much at all, right? The more isn't better, better is better. Yeah. The key to that is working it and what I call the three V's. That's from my friend Joanne Elpenston. It's called variation, variability, and variety, which means I just want you to move the tissue in different directions. I prefer circular motions and spiral motions because that's how the connective tissue fascia usually runs. And most people don't do circular work when they get massages, they do linear. You know, um, so I just need you to work it at five, five to 10 seconds is usually plenty, but you can work it longer if you need to. You just kind of trust your instinct and you trust your gut and you start to have variability with um, pressure when you yeah. do it. Because the very act of rubbing something back and forth is what's called a shearing force. Mm. And shearing forces are one of the most powerful ones to do to improve blood flow and take pressure off nerves. So rubbing an area with a little bit of pressure is is fantastic for the structures that are below there. So I don't want people to get caught up in that, you know, they need to do it longer. Because even when you work trigger points, if you work a trigger point too long, you're going to make yourself worse. 
Mm. It, you have to, it's about the dosage that you need. So you start from there. And I want to warn people, I'm going to, I'm going to put a warning on this now. Is that if you've been highly toxic and backed up for a while, when you do this big six, it's going to seem very simple. And like, how can it make that much a big difference? I want you to strap in your body because a lot of people will go through a detoxification process here, which means that you're going to release toxins now into the system and your body has to get rid of the ones that have been blocked for a while. So you initially might feel worse. Right. You might feel tired, fatigue, lethargic, headache. You might have an increase in pain that you didn't have before. You might have pains that you used to have in the past that are returning again. Those normal, it doesn't mean that something went wrong. It's actually a good thing because now you're going to be getting rid of that stuff. And how long, so you, how long, Perry, might that last for, that sort of detox? bad so If you do the big six like that, it's not a really aggressive onset. So yeah. it usually lasts anywhere from one to three days okay. max. Just make sure you hydrate yourself and you're drinking water and you're yeah. taking electrolytes because if you're missing electrolytes, you're going to go through a big detox. Yeah. And uh, I just need you to prepare clients that that can happen, but it's actually uh, – a very beneficial thing because you don't want that stuff staying inside of you. Yeah. And then people say, so what does it feel like? It actually feels like a hangover. Yeah. Like you had a rough night out. And would right? you, is that, is it the type of thing you should do every day? Should you do it a couple of times a day? Yeah. Is it one thing I was wondering, like, is it something that's quite good to do before you go to bed or is it not good to do before you go to sleep? Good question. So let me answer one at a time. Uh, I recommend lymphatic work every day because you never stop fighting toxins and you never stop taking toxins in. Mm -hmm. So every day. Once a day is fine, right? Uh, it, definitely once a day. Um, the only time I don't tell you to do it every day is if you had that detox reaction. So let's say I did it the first time and you feel kind of crappy. Don't do it again until you start to feel better because I need your body to be able to handle the toxins you initially released yeah, into it. So sense. sending more its way is not going to be beneficial. That's like training when you're still sore is not that great of an idea yeah. uh, because you can overtrain because you got to rest and recover. But at the time of day is also up to you. I will tell you that most people get the most stagnation of lymph when they're immobile. So at night, they usually become very uh, tight and stiff and stagnant. That's why it's harder to move in the morning or you feel that full body tension and tightness in the morning that you think is arthritis. It's usually lymph congestion. Mm. But when you rub yourself and you slap yourself, you can also excite the nervous system up. So if you do that at night, you might not be able to fall asleep. Mm. Uh, if you do it in the morning, it's a good way to start your day. But not everybody's the same. So I usually tell them, you have to be individual with this. So try your big six when you wake up in the morning. And then try it the next time before you go to sleep. And you just go by the one that you felt best with. Yeah. But you should definitely do it with training. Like, so if I wake up in the morning and I'm going to do my big six, which I always do for me in the morning, then uh, I'm going to go train today at my office. When I see clients, I'm going to train around two o'clock. I'm going to do the big six again, pre and post, because it's my training day. Yeah, I think there's some really interesting stuff in there. And I was just one question I wanted to ask was just around, and I think it's probably going to bring us back in a in a circle. In that, does the intensity of the movement? You, you talked about movement and breath obviously being important. So when we get into our training session, does the intensity of training have an impact on lymphatic on the lymphatic system? And, and I guess in my mind, I'm thinking at the same time, the harder the training is, 
the more important it's going to be that we deal with it because we're creating more stress and then therefore more need to remove waste products and, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, so it's a very logical thought process and you're, and you're correct. So you want, var- you want variable intensity, right? Okay. I mean, but you don't want high intensity all the time. Yeah. Even the best best don't go 100% all the time because you're going to break down. Yeah. That was a big mistake when I first started bodybuilding is I trained like Mr. Olympia all the time, not realizing that most of those guys don't train with the weights that they got on the bar in the magazine. You know, they're, they're doing like 35 pounds on a lateral raise, not 65. Yeah. So you know, I was just overtraining, right? And uh, so with intensity is great, but movement in and of itself is great. But I need you to remember something as well is that when you have excess tension in the body, you decrease fluid flow, right? Because tight tissues don't accept blood flow well. And you know that. I want you to make a fist on your left-hand side and tell me how well fluid's moving there. Mm-hmm. It's not, right? So you're going to shut it down. So you can have high-tension movements, but you just got to remember that you're also going to be decreasing lymph flow. So now I want you to think about that from a perspective of somebody who doesn't have good core stabilization, central midline strength, or ability to coordinate movement. So if, if you're not, uh, if you don't have good body awareness and you don't feel comfortable in your body, even by how you look, because you're worried about looking fat or being too tall or my boobs are too big or too small for guys and girls, right? Then, so what happens is that you change your posture and you change your tension. And so that creates excess tension in the body through uh, lack of uh, poor self-worth, but also uh, how it has to adapt to its environment or high intensity movements. Because some people are in high tension all the time because they're just barely holding on with the stress of the world too, because, you know, the world's falling off its axis and it's imploding right now. So that's tension all the time. And that chronic muscular tension decreases flow of blood flow and lymph flow, and you make yourself toxic just from excess tension. So that's why it's really important to have downtime, recovery time, breathing time, like, you know, low threshold type of movements that you can do So you don't always have to have high-intensity exercise for movement. So I don't believe in off days. I just have really high-intensity days where I may go to the gym and hit more traditional exercises or weights and, you know, do my hip thrust and my deadlifts and my sled pushes. But then there's another day where I'm just going to move, but I'm going to do more body weight movements on the ground or go for a nice brisk walk or hiking or climbing. So it's still movement but not considered technical exercise because exercise is just a form of movement it's a man-made form but you you just want to do some type of movement every day yeah i think that's great i guess what i was thinking in my mind was that we don't always need to be thinking it goes back to the point made right to start the conversation around people chasing pain in in training and actually when we're talking about health and well-being it always as it comes down to is often it's it's using a range of different intensities and lower intensity work is just as valuable as higher intensity rather than this mindset that often people find themselves in of i've got to smash myself every day if that, if, if i'm going to get anything out of this so i think that's really helpful just to to um to, to, yeah to some take of the most healthiest people i ever come across yeah the people that always go and some of the most elite athletes are are barely hanging on with a thread mm. you know they're a hotbed of inflammation and they're breaking down. Because listen, if you're going to go at, at a competition level, you're going to break down and you're going to get hurt. That's just the price of being a gladiator and getting in the freaking ring. But 
you have to be prepared to uh, have that rest time, that recovery time, and then not go into high intensity all the time. Because your body will will bring you really fast down to reality um, through an injury. Yeah. And, you know, it might be an injury that uh, it doesn't mean that when you get hurt, you stop moving. So the idea is that when you have pain, you always want to move. You just want to move areas of the body that you don't have the pain and move the ever living hell out of them and move them in different ways. Uh, so you can still get your variation and your variability. So rest in and of itself plays a part in recovery. But if you continue to rest, you'll actually get worse. Great. Awesome. Well, Perry, tell us where awesome. we can find out where, where people can find out more information about you, and, uh, and also gives a bit of a heads up about um, the you got a course out. So I think by the time this goes out, it will probably be live. So do you want to tell people a little bit about that as well? Yeah, thank you very much. First of all, guys, I had a really fun time. I hope I didn't just you know get on a tangent and talk on something. I want I want a part two already. Is what I'm thinking about. So I'll be tapping you up about that. Yeah. Well, it's I'm easy to find. If you go to the internet and just type in three words, stop chasing pain, stop chasing pain, you know, I'll show up somewhere. Uh, my website will show up and that's like my central hub that you can find me on all of my social media platforms. I do spend most of my time on Instagram. That's my favorite way to educate and interact with the world. So if you follow me there, I'd be great. And I run that channel myself. So if you actually message me, it's me who sees it and me who replies, so I, I'm very hands-on there. And then on my uh, platform, you can see many things. So we've got our own podcast, the Stop Chasing Pain podcast I've had for 11 years now, where I've spoken to a lot of people smarter than me. And um, I have a membership site, so people can join for a membership and get access to about 900 videos of really cool stuff. And then we have webinars and videos and webcasts. So if you want to just get like the streaming video for lymphatic work. It's a two hour video that you can stream and own for life and it walks every human through basics and fundamentals. And then um, we had such a demand for wanting more that we created the two day intensive course called the Lymph Mojo webcast. And then that we got one coming up this weekend on that. We usually have one every six weeks because it's so popular and that's two days where I teach it, uh, the beginner and the advanced intensive work on lymph. And then we've got other stuff there as well on movement and uh, resetting your organs. And we got a new one coming out in about a week or so on manual techniques to help your vagus nerve. So a lot of people talk about vagus nerve techniques and breathing and, you know, supplements and stuff like that, but nobody really shows you stuff to do by hand. That's our world. So then we show you how you can influence that nerve, which can help decrease stress to uh, decrease pain. So we got, you know, you'll find a couple of things that'll keep you busy if you want to with our work. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to uh, highlight that. No, uh, our pleasure, Perry. And uh, people will we'll put the sh uh, or listeners will put uh, links in the show notes to, to the website, to, to the Instagram, so you can go straight and check them out um, by following those links in the show notes. And um, I will definitely, if you haven't, go over and check some of the work out from, from Perry uh I expect you will see my little face popping up on uh, one of these two-day intensives. I'm keen to uh, get involved and, and see uh, and see see what it's like to learn directly from you. Uh, a little bit, yeah. You've you've wet the appetite more uh, more than just wet the appetite in this podcast. So uh, thank you so much for your time, Perry. Oh, I had a really great time, man. I think we hit the flow state there. <laughs> yeah, time. it was it was good. It was good. Yeah, you know, or at least it did for me. 
<laughs> yeah, no, awesome. Thanks so much, man. Take care. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. So, wow, I just need to gather my thoughts for a minute, Tim. Mind blown. Um, probably we've come to the, obviously, the end and close of this podcast. Uh, my encouragement is to probably go back and listen to Perry again, because that was fantastic. But the only other thing I would recommend you do is uh, head over to wherever you listen to the podcast and give us a review. It really helps us boost the uh, the reach and ratings of the podcast so more people can listen and enjoy it's so long as obviously that you enjoy it. If you've got this far though, chances are you've enjoyed it, otherwise you'd have switched off by now. And the one thing that Perry didn't say, which I'm sure he would have done if I'd asked him, was like, is handstanding or something like that good for, for good for your, for your lymphatic Lymph. system? I, don't, mm-hmm. I probably actually would hope it would, would drain it. If we get the feet above the head, it might actually, yeah. I don't know, I'm speculating. That we're, we're asking that a few, that on the, on DM or something. But um, if you want to get us involved in some training and you are looking for some help, some guided instructed training programs with self-assessments all the way through to help you never to get stuck in a plateau or a, a stumbling point in your calisthenics journey, then check out our virtual classroom. You can find it. If you want to go there direct, just go to classroom.schoolofcalisthenics.com and you'll find everything for your bodyweight training needs and you can test it all out on any of the memberships on a seven day free trial so you know it's the chance to try it for a week see if you enjoy training with us and being part of the awesome school of Calisthenics online community uh, for free for a week and i'm sure you'll never change the way you train again quite like when you start training calisthenics with us Right, we're going to sign off, give you time to go and digest what you just listened to. So until next time, keep exploring your lymphatic system and movement, (laughs) strength and play. Class dismissed.